You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hanson James. And I'm getting my gallbladder out on Thursday. And... You know what? The Jazz have like eight people on the injured reserve since we last talked, Milo. I felt uh, like I should join them. Uh, yeah, you'll basically be on the SLC Dunk injured reserve. Uh, I'm basically pulling uh, a Howell Neto for you these next few yes. these next few games. We'll see if I can pull through and not yes, you, uh, you, you, you and Griff, in the fourth quarter. You and Griff will be my will be my Howell Neto and and Nas Mitrulong. <laughs> Uh, before we go any further, let's just talk a little bit about Sports Betting Dime, Milo. Sports Betting Dime is a sports book review site that provides analysis, predictions, game lines, and everything else a sports better needs. They also provide details about the different sports books out there, so you're not giving your money away to an untrustworthy site. They update on the fly, so you know you're getting the most up-to-date information. And if you guys haven't noticed already, I've been linking to the Utah Jazz uh, Sports Betting Dime site. And right now, if you go there, you will see Grayson Allen, Tony Bradley, Dante Exum, Howell Neto shows up actually on the injury report, Ricky Rubio, Uh-oh. and Tabo <laughs> So go to the Sports Betting Dime website uh, to get insight on the Utah Jazz, to get um, to know where to go. If you're deciding to, to, to put some money somewhere, you'll find some trustworthy sites through Sports Betting Dime and learn a lot about the Utah Jazz. Milo, I learned uh, something right now about Howell Neto. I know they have they have him listed. Howell Neto injury hamstring status questionable. It says Neto is dealing with a hamstring injury, and it is unknown if he will suit up for Wednesday's contest versus the Magic. So the betting the betting sites know something maybe we don't. Actually, guys, by the way, and I I love to follow Bill Simmons and stuff. The betting. And Sports Betting Dime, who's not a gambling site, but actually guides you towards the best gambling sites. These guys know what they're talking about. And this makes me nervous. Uh, how do the Jazz overcome the injury issues, Milo? Luckily, they're That's not playing question. very, not very is, good this, teams. But No, they're not playing very good teams. But this is a time where you thought they could capitalize. Like, they're going to have the – we had one – of, one of the narratives was, well – you know, last year they they had to battle injuries and a tough schedule, but they got healthy in January and were really able to rattle off some wins. Well, this year uh, we were able to be like, okay, well, we're not nine games under 500. No one got hurt. And now we're hitting the easy part of the schedule. And it was like a minute, minute someone's like, well, you know, everyone's been healthy. The basketball gods were like, eh? And, and they're like, okay. Or I, 
we've said too many times, hey, I wonder what Donovan Mitchell would look like as a point guard. And and there and basketball guys were like, okay, your wish is granted. And then we're like, oh, not 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 like this. This is not what I really had in mind by that, by having Exum and Rubio and possibly Neto out. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is not the best time for it to happen. Maybe it is the best time because you have Donovan Mitchell who um you do want to see if he has uh, the chops to maybe play a James Harden role because at the one um him his size is a real advantage um versus being an undersized shooting guard with a superior length. Now he's a a, a, a an oversized point guard with mm-hmm. superior length, so that's always a a great thing. Um but it's gonna be it's gonna be some tough sledding. Um, games that should be they should be able to run people out of the building because they have the depth. Um, they have uh, above average players at every position. Now all of a sudden, um, you don't have Rubio who's able to take advantage because he's just a veteran in this league and take advantage of uh, uh, less experienced or uh, not as talented point guards. So you're missing that. And then you don't have Dante Exum, who's able to come off the bench and provide a change of pace and take advantage of people with their, with 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 his athleticism. And now you have Hal Neto, who is undersized for the one, who is good in a pinch, but he's going to have to play a lot of minutes. And behind him, you have Grayson Allen, who's out. Um, so this would have been a great time for Grayson Allen to uh, take advantage and show what he's got, but he's not going to be able to unless uh, he he gets better in a hurry. And now it's ne- if you're going next man up, it's Nazmi Trulong. If you're going 10-day, um, are you going to find somebody on a 10-day who's going to be able to grasp the Utah system and really contribute in a major way that giving more minutes to Royce O'Neal and Kyle Korver is not going to be able to achieve. So, and Nas Mitri Long. So it's, ugh, it's just, it, it's a really rough spot. And so all of a sudden this road trip that Utah did finish, they did, did okay on this road trip. I think they did about what you could hope for. Yeah. I, I they almost stole one in Milwaukee. I think if they have Rubio and Exum, uh, they're, that game probably is different. Not saying they win it because it, it changes the whole dynamic of how it goes, but um, it definitely allows – they're definitely not running out of gas in that fourth quarter, and you're definitely not having to deal with Donovan, having to learn how, having to play point guard on the fly while he's guarded by one of the best defensive players in the league in Giannis. Mm-hmm. And, and then they also have two other – uh, really lanky guys on the perimeter in Tony Snell and uh, Chris Middleton that they're able to constantly switch and Brogdon as well, who uh, who's and Bledsoe and Bledsoe. It's just not many teams have that type of length that they can throw at Donovan at, with five different guys. That's what Donovan dealt with against Houston actually in the playoffs, and that's why um, it his he struggled was they could throw Riza and they could throw. Um, they could throw um, PJ Tucker at him, and they could like it was a never-ending, uh, just uh, uh, Lukumba Mute. They were constantly throwing uh, lanky defenders at him. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, this is this is uh, we said before. Now's the time for Utah to make the run. That doesn't change it, uh, but the degree of difficulty just got ramped up to eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I mean, we called this earlier too, and this was why we were frustrated earlier with the the way the Jazz had played in games that they really should have won earlier. I know the schedule was tough, and you know they're in hotel rooms when you'd like to be at home in bed and things. Even though those are five star hotel rooms with catered lunches and dinners, and you know, but they're still tired. Charter flights, yeah, charter flights. You know, but like there were games they gave up they should not have given up. That Mexico City game is still hurts me, and now they're mm-hmm. dealing with it because we said like, well, you know, that's great when the schedule loosens up, but you know what has happened this first, uh, you know, forty games of the season or whatever it is. The Jazz have been very lucky with injuries. And so they were healthy playing all these games that they gave up, that they should have won, that they screwed the pooch on. And now you're dealing with injuries like every other team has been dealing with. Like the Denver Nuggets are winning games and they don't have Gary Harris. And and I think uh, Paul Millsap missed some time this year. Like the Jazz have been actually really healthy for the most part this season. Now they're dealing with a lot of injuries. And even though the schedule's easier and they should win these games, now these games are more toss-ups because you're right. going to have to play Donovan Mitchell at point guard, which actually I actually feel good about. Like the the last five or six games, Donovan Mitchell's looked like he's his himself from last season. But I do think with some more time too, but I, he was playing it on the fly against one of the best defensive teams in the league in Milwaukee. And that's going to, it'll look a lot different with preparation against Jared Bayless. Yeah. Like of, the, or, of the Orlando Magic. That's a, it's a completely different ball game. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's going up against DJ Augustine. So he'll, he'll, he'll do better against those players, but he has to play well now. It's not like, yeah. you know, and Joe Ingles is worn out. Joe Ingles looks like he's absolutely gassed. And so you're going to have to expect a lot from Joe Ingles, who looks like, you know, we've been asking too much of him and Donovan Mitchell at point. You're going to have to ask even more of him. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not saying it's not doable, and I actually think that they can, but these next three games are um, against teams that they should beat. And if they lose any of these next three games, that puts them farther below their projection where they're supposed to be. And... <sighs> it's it's rough the this is like in in the western conference like here's the thing if they're in the eastern conference you're like okay you know we're going to be hovering around the seven or eight spot but we're uh, but we can manage in the western conference to be to we're we're a couple games out of out of the eight spot like this is our time this is our time to make that run Mm -hmm. and and it it just they can't they can't squander it because if you squander it against the worst teams in the league at home, you have to make it up against the best teams on the road. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you don't know the circumstances. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been really healthy. Derek Favors has been really healthy. Um, Joe Ingles for his career has been really healthy. And so you're when it comes to injuries in the league, you're always dancing on the edge of a volcano. It, it, it's it it only takes you know somebody landing on the, as like Dante Axum. He just it, it just yeah, was a fluke thing where for Favors' foot was just there, 
as he was getting pushed back. Well, and that, and that caused too, his, like players. No player in the league plays eighty-two games a year. Like players typically play about seventy-five games a year. Like, or they if they do play eighty-two games, they're not playing them a hundred percent. Like they're exactly. not. They're 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 nursing some injuries. They're fighting through it. So, so this is pretty uh, typical. It's just now they're feeling it and they're getting hit with what mm-hmm. everyone gets hit with, and so they've got to find a way to win. And I think they can because I do think they're playing well. I really loved the way they played against Milwaukee. I think they did just run out of gas. Donovan played 40 minutes that game, carried a huge offensive load, but he looked nice. He was hitting his shot. I think that that jump shot is looking more and more uh, like Donovan can uh, count on it. Where yeah, that pull up, that pull up off the dribble, that yeah. was real, and he was doing that against Giannis. Like here's the thing, like he was he shot 50 percent from three last night, mm-hmm. and he was doing that against Giannis, man. And, uh, and he, and he was, when he was driving to the paint last year, when he would, when, when he would drive to the paint, it was like a wrecking ball. Like he's, he was going in a hundred miles an hour going to the hoop. And this year, not this, I shouldn't say this year, it's been in the last two weeks where he's understood the when, when to, when to go. When when to shift gears, when not to shift gears, and and to keep it keep it slow to keep the defender, uh, keep the defender guessing because you do have Gobert. Like that's the thing. Whenever he drives, and especially off a a pick from Gobert, they're having to worry about that lob and and play the angles of that, and so um, speeding that up so they don't have to worry about that is is, is a lot of times not in his best interest. Especially when he doesn't have, say, the uh, the the first. He has a quick first step, but it's not like Dante Exum quick first step where there he's gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, so he's he's learning. Like it, it it's really it's really great to see that he he's really fought through a grip ton of of struggle of pressure, and I think the ringer. Um, the ringer had a recent article on him. I'm trying to remember her name who, who wrote it. And it was a great piece where they said, there's no other player in the league who has the amount of pressure at his age to really take on a team. Like if you think of Ben Simmons, no, Ben Simmons has Jimmy Butler. He has JJ Redick. He has Joel Embiid. Um, even before then he had Robert Covington and Dario Saric. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like he was doing it alone and offensively. There there were good offensive players there versus Rudy Gobert is a good offensive player. But what he does is he's, he's, he, he's more the oil that makes things work on the gears rather than the actual gears that are, that are, that are in there. And so, and so it's, it, he, Donovan has to take on a lot and he's been struggling obviously as his usage rate is, has been up there. And so it's a really tough task that he's, he's been asked. I think he's going to learn a lot. I think in his career, he's going, he's going to have an all-star career and there'll be times in year five or six, he's going to say, you know what, that, that second year that I was in the league, that was where I learned. That's where I grew. That's where how I became the player I am today. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, it's it's 
growth and and uh, getting better is is never a painless process and right now it's been really painful and i think you know he was just starting to break out and now he's going to be put right back in the refiner's fire um of having to play point guard yeah i honestly i think though he's to the point where he's actually ready to do it at least from what i've seen the last uh you know we saw against milwaukee and we saw against some of these other teams i actually feel like that dante that dante injury was Mm -hmm was rough because he was on the verge of just taking just another leap. Uh, if you watch, this would have been his moment. Like with Rubio going out, this would have been his moment. Well, and he I, would have been able to really show for an extended period of time. And while Utah would never wants to be like, we want Rubio out. Utah would have had about a good two, two weeks, two and a half weeks of games where they could evaluate their future with Exum. Mm-hmm. Before the trade deadline, before this off season, when they have to make some significant choices, it would have it. The front office is missing an opportunity to be able to really evaluate um, how that looks. And Rudy Gobert was able at the, at the same age was able to take advantage of an absence of of Cantor being hurt mm-hmm. um, to really um, rise up. And, and, and so uh, well, I'm not saying that it would have been nice that, that Rubio is as cancerous as, as cancer or anything like that. But, but, but injuries have a way of opening something. So a player can show who, what they're, what they're capable of. And, and it usually changes a team. And so um, for better or for worse. And so it would have been a, a real opportunity, even if they're thinking we're going to keep Rubio for the season. But now that we know how this team would operate with Exum, Mm-hmm. And and the makeup that it would need to be. Now we know what we need to do in in free agency when we start to build this team around Donovan and 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 Dante. Without having to do educated guesses, we can do. Hey, this is what we saw, and we know what works. You know what? I have a hot take. I think the Jazz already know based off of the last three weeks. Quinn made a Quinn made an interesting comment the other day to David Locke. It took me a second to understand. I had to read the tweet like three times to kind of understand what it was saying but uh it's called english james <laughs> did he use fact you write in it every single day i assume <laughs> but anyways he said something that like you know it's not going to be different when he comes back from injury and i so i was courtside for the knicks game um and saw dante which you know was knicks defense oh oh fl- that, that was a coy flex there man that was, that was- I was, I, was, I was just course out in the next game. And, uh... I got a firsthand look. Okay, so here's something I actually, I actually, after that game, and I don't know if I've even talked to you about some of these things, but I think we found out that Dante is the perfect fit next to Donovan in this lineup. Uh, what, so, one of the things I like, his ability to get to the, the rim was unreal. And the thing that I noticed from the court side, and it's interesting when you when you're court side, you're at you know it's like sea level, your player level, you're seeing things from the player's level. It was actually amazing. It's a lot faster. Well, also you can just see how how much more difficult it is for like how will Neto when he's on the floor to do the things that um, that Dante does because Dante is so he's six foot eight, I think at this point he is the fastest player on the court. He has the ability to get a lot he throws for one he throws the best lob on the team 
And two, he's better at getting that lob off than anyone else on the team because he's six foot eight and he has those long arms and he's leaps in the air. So like there was a play against Milwaukee that you saw this where they blocked Donovan's lob to Rudy and it disrupted the play. That doesn't happen when Dante's on the floor because he's longer and taller and can get that lob to Rudy. The nice thing about it too is that Donovan, Dante's penetration is so fast that they have to bend the defense. And when I was watching that Knicks game, it actually, I think that game was actually a turning point in some ways, not just for Dante, but for Donovan as well, because Dante was able to penetrate, draw the defense, and it actually gave Donovan open looks. And it looked like he kind of was able to do some of the things. I know that game, it didn't look like anything special, but if you were there, you could kind of see Don, Donovan actually be able to do some work for the first time in a while. Uh, and that's one of the things I think this team is missing right now is they just don't have, like, I have an article coming out where I actually wrote about why the Jazz shouldn't make a trade. Um, and it was actually hard for me to do because my <laughs> every fiber of my being <laughs> wants to make a trade. <laughs> I hated it. I was actually glad you picked that. I was actually glad you picked that because it, it well, it, it felt like the kid the fun who, who like, was late on his there. homework and you're like, write why you should have turned this in on time. But, uh, <laughs> but I like the thing is, is like the Jazz are, they have a lot of good talent. Like Derek Favors is a high talent player. But what they are is just an awkward, right. like cohesion is what it is. And so, mm -hmm. but on, during that game, uh, Dante fixed one of those cohesive issues because he's able to penetrate. Uh, Dan Clayton actually had a really great thread. You guys should go follow our friend Dan Clayton on Twitter and go look at some of the plays he posted of Dante. But one of the plays that's just kind of shocking a little bit is where the, it's just this play where they go under the pick on Dante on the three point line. Cause that's what you do with a player. Who's not a big time shooting threat. It didn't even matter. He's so fast. He gets to the rim regardless. It reminds me. So there's this, okay, my mind's going a million places at once, but there's this article, I think, I can't remember if it was cleaning the glass or if it's, um, I can't remember, but they kind of described positions on the court in different ways, rather than like power forward and center. They described it as like rebounding big and and playmaking big and things like that. And what Are you talking about P3s? May, like oh, P3s? it's P3s. Um, I think that's what it was. Um, we've mm -hmm. talked a lot about Zion... Williamson, who kind of falls into that category that's like physical oh, specimen. We have one of those on our He court. is a Bo Jackson. He is like Bo Jackson on a court. Well, we have my we have a one like Dante Exum isn't um Zion Williamson in terms of his just incredible, just absolute explosive athleticism. But Dante is actually that similar group setting where he's a physical freak because of that insane speed. Like he's honestly the fastest. Mm, I would agree with he's that. He's got honestly the fastest first step in the league. And it's so fast that if you go under the screen, he still beats you to the rim. He, like Dante's different than Rubio because of that speed. Like Rubio, they can back off and it can nullify a lot of what Rubio does. It forces him into a three-point shot. And teams say, you know what? If Rubio's going to beat us at the three-point line, so be it. And on those nights that Rubio hits that three-point shot, we tend to win the game. As long as, like, you know, everyone else plays pretty well. We win those games because that's what they want to give us. And, and it works out. But Dante, if they back off of Dante, it doesn't matter. 
he still gets exactly what he wants because that athleticism gets him to the rim. And that's what's exciting about Dante is it, it creates gravity kind of like Rudy Gobert does. The last missing step for the Jazz is a knockdown stretch four. four. That's the missing piece. Yeah. Because Dante fixes the gravity issue. Dante takes pressure off of Donovan in terms of the backcourt. But we still have that issue of the front court where, because te- here's how, and I think you were writing about it, and I enjoyed what you wrote about the fact that teams are kind of doing like a pseudo, it's almost like a free safety, like you said, that just kind of semi. Yeah, it's a spy. It's a spy. Yeah, because uh, I wrote about it in um, the, my PC, Enigmatic Ricky Rubio, where where it's really hard to evaluate Ricky Rubio uh, <laughs> right now because if he has a great game the jazz are about 500 if he has a bad game the jazz are about 500 um if he shoots well jazz are about 500 if he doesn't shoot well they're about 500 like one one matt harperingism that really bothers me is like is ricky rubio go so do the jazz and it's blatantly untrue like there he his play uh doesn't there's no correlation between Rubio playing great and them having a good game and him playing bad and having a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the people who uh, that jazz rider die with right now are actually uh, Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert. If they have really good games, the jazz win. Um, and the way they can have good games uh, is they need to be able to have spacing so, uh, but with with Ricky Rubio, what what teams do, and this is what kills spacing, is uh, they know that when Ricky Rubio runs that point, uh, uh, runs a pick and roll, um, there to to have spacing, they're going to have Joe Ingles in the corner. Um, they might have Donovan slash back cut, or play the other corner. And then um, you have when you start the first and third quarter, you're only dealing with uh, Derek Derek Favors, who is wherever the Jazz have recently started curling Derek Favors away from the corner, and then he makes this weird curl around the three point line, and then cuts um, from the top of the key to uh, into the paint to try to throw things off, just to because what happens the reason they're doing that is that spy is basically defending two guys. Um, Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors, or they're going to be guarding Ricky Rubio and Joe Ingles. And who do you think they're going to be cheating off of? They're going to be cheating off of Rubio and mostly focusing on, on Joe Ingles. If it's both Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors on the same end of the court, then all of a sudden they're just like, we're just dropping back. And you, and, and you, and you have these pictures and and a lot of the, the the two videos I shared, you'll see five guys in the paint, mm-hmm. um, with uh, against against say um, who was against Toronto. Toronto did it with Kawhi, like Kawhi, Kawhi's kind of, and Giannis are kind of like the Rudy Gobert's of the perimeter, where they can cover, they can shrink the spacing by just themselves. So while you might think, okay, even if they they sag off of Rubio and favors. One of them is going to be able to cut, but they're able to close. Those types of players can cut and, and, and can cut them off and get, get to them before their spots. So that, but that changes with Dante Exum because all of a sudden, if you have that, if you're using that dude like a spy and he's focusing in on say the paint, 
before he can react to Dante Exum and 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 rebound back into position, Dante Exum is gone. So he's beaten one guy, as as you've said. Then all of a sudden, the reason the defense collapses and bends is because another guy has to come in to help where Dante Exum has a wide open layup. Now all of a sudden, you're you you have the Jazz have manufactured space because there's two ways to have spacing. You either have gravity, where the dude just by the dude being out there, there's going to be a defender who's going to stick on his is stick on his tail the entire game, and that's like a Corver. Mm-hmm. It's like a Donovan Mitchell. Other guys like Dante Exum or a Zion Williamson in in college, they're going to be guys who manufacture space by their sheer athleticism. So, not necessarily like wow or Giannis. Giannis is a great a great mm-hmm. one. He is no threat to hit a three. Yeah, he has. He is no threat to hit a three, but he is going two two strides from half court, and he's at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He's the he's. So it's that's very similar to Dante. That changes it's the way you play. Similar idea, and and you have to and so you have to play them up close because if you allow them one step, they've already beaten you because they're so fast. Mm-hmm. So. So that's that, that's going to change the makeup, and I think that's great for Utah. In the meanwhile, as they battle these injuries, um, it uh, they're going to have to, and, and they're missing Tabo Cephalosha too. So we might even we're going to see Howell Neto. We might see some um, George's Nyang. Um, oh, is it, is it George's or it's, is it George's or is it it's George? Flat out George? The S is the S silent. Is silent. I mean, I can't, I can't really like complain about that. My name has a Y in it, <laughs> so it's not like I can be like, "Oh, what a, what a weird name!" When I'm spell Michael with the a S y. stands for shot making. So, uh, but it's it's uh, shot making. It's uh, missing right now lately. But hopefully, it's S it's for silent. <laughs> but let, but hey, you know what? We need George to show up this next stretch. I, I see. I've been saying that all wrong, and there's probably like a bunch of people on this podcast being like, "This idiot." He thinks he knows basketball. He doesn't even know how to say George. Hey, it's okay. This 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 moron. <laughs> so, hey, I can say Epe Udo correctly. Well, as long as we say Dante Exum correctly with his middle name of future point guard of the Utah Jazz, that's all I care about. Right. So so that's that's kind of one of the other things. One of the other unintended consequences of this whole thing is um so uh coming up. Uh, next week we're going to have some awesome uh, trade trade deadline primers for everyone um, on the site, and because January fifteenth gets here, Jack Favors is going to be available to um, to to uh, to trade. Dante Exum is going to be able to uh, be available to trade, and so that opens up Utah's roster now. Now now no one's quote unquote safe. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone can be thrown in the trade machine of uh, of well, sorts. I just- Oh, and so, and so, so with the injuries, though, that puts a damper because now, now these guys come with a caveat. If you're trading, if you're trading them to a team that is like in full tank mode and is just looking at them like um, we might even flip them, um, or, or you know, or then you're bringing in a third team, so that's not really that big of a deal. Um, but if they're trying to a tanking team. No harm, no foul. That's just helping them, and they're going to cut them anyway, probably. But if the 
if um, you're looking at a, a team, say like Washington, where they're they might be they might be losing this year, but they're like uh, we're not. They think they might be able to get back in it. Mm-hmm. Um, their expectations might be a bit differently, and this and this trade deadline is going to be a really tough. De- trade deadline to to gauge because um simple economics here you need a buyer and a seller to be able to uh make a transaction mm-hmm. um if everyone is buying and no one is selling no transactions can be made because there's no product to be to be had um and that's kind of the trade deadline that we're going up against because there's so many teams that are right now as of January 7th or 8th um, that are in it right now. Um, there are some teams fading, but they're but in their head they don't see them as as a fading team. They don't see themselves as struggling. Like Memphis, for example, started off hot, and now they've kind of fallen back to the pack. Um, Houston um, didn't start off hot and is rising back up. Minnesota is still hovering in and and uh, around five hundred, and so. And then you have teams like Charlotte where you're like, oh, they're going to definitely trade Kemba. And now all of a sudden you're hearing rumors that they're going after Kevin Love and they're doing everything to keep Kemba and, uh, Kemba and mm-hmm. Charlotte. So you have teams that normally – and Washington. Washington somehow still feels they're a playoff team and is not, def- is not tanking. They're w- still winning games right now. Not as many as they need to to be in the playoffs, but they're not definitely not tanking. And so – and so what's going on right now is even if Utah's like, we definitely want to go out there, we're ready to make a blockbuster trade. Uh, it's outside of Cleveland and even um, who was it today? I believe the ringer had a piece on Kevin Love where he could be had for cheap, but they have a rookie GM who's wanting to cut his teeth on a deal and and wants it to be a good deal. So he, he, he might not be ready to uh, – put his tail between his legs and admit that it was a bad contract mm-hmm. and might be asking too yeah, much. I, think it was so, report. I can't remember, but I think all, well, and the other thing that that article mentioned is also just uh, Dan Gilbert is also involved and there was uh, a trade we almost had where the jazz almost had Kyrie Irving and Dan Gilbert got involved and it didn't end up happening. And then the Cavaliers ended up worse off because of it. He's, He's awful. He and so the honestly, I think what you said earlier is I wonder if that's the trade that LeBron because LeBron said that they had almost traded Kyrie and he was like, No, don't don't trade Kyrie. And then they're like, Okay, we're not going to. And then like a couple weeks later they had traded him to Boston. <laughs> I wonder if LeBron got wind of that. He's like, No, 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 yeah, no, and then, no, 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 no. Like but who whatever happened, uh the jazz got screwed. But the thing is, is like what you said mm-hmm. earlier that I totally agree with is that like to make a trade, both teams have to agree to it. <laughs> and they have to feel that they're it's in their best interest, whether it's long-term best interest is that's their goal and what, or short-term interest, which is mm-hmm. their goal. And I'm not sure. And this is why I'm kind of worried that Utah might have to go into the the Thunderdome of free agency where everyone has money it is, um, and, that is and, such a and hopefully get out a deal because it is a huge risk. And they might be, 
they might be stuck going into it, not because they want to, but because uh, the market, the trade market is just so bare well, right that's now. The thing, and honestly, they're like, that's the thing is you, I mean, unless the Jazz are getting someone in the draft, but the Jazz are too good to be that high in the draft, unless you want to depend on a 1% mm-hmm. chance at getting a top three pick. But the Jazz will have uh, a late lottery pick if they miss the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, then they have, you know, an even worse pick to offer people for a trade. Uh, so you're not getting any big time player for like a late first round pick. Maybe. Uh, but, you know... The people mm-hmm. in free agency that the Jazz want, like, I would be so excited to get Tobias Harris for Utah. To me, that's the easily the best choice, the absolute perfect, perfect, perfect piece. Because he's right in. Outside yeah, of Kevin like, Durant. Can, yeah. Which like, is never going to happen. Kevin Durant is the elite <laughs> prospect who's going to go wherever he wants, you know. Tobias Harris is like that second tier, and he'd be perfect. But the Jazz aren't the only ones that think Tobias Harris is really good. Like, right. <laughs> and so you're dealing with not only other teams, but you're dealing with the Clippers have the home court advantage because he's been on their team. He did turn out, turn down an $80 million contract offer from them. So that's interesting that they offered him that much. Interesting. But, but he could have more with them this he, next yeah. season. So that might, it might just be, he bet, he bet on himself, which was a right smart thing. play. Like he's, He's, yeah, he's doing he's gonna, great. He's going he's to get a max contract. contract. And if he's available for the max, I hope the Jazz offer him that. I would be really mad if I found out he could yep. be had and the Jazz didn't get him, you know. But that's the thing is like, that's if right. he wants. But there's going to be 10 teams that are going to say, hey, we'll give you four years full max, the absolute full max. And we can't even offer as much as L.A. can. So if L.A. says, hey. Yeah. And there's, and there's, and, and both LA teams, there's both LA teams. Say, say the Lakers, you know, start striking out on guys. Do they, you know, those second tier free agents that Utah really wants, all of a sudden the Lakers are, are in there. So, you know, Tobias Harris might not even have to leave LA. He might go to a new team, uh, but he's not having to leave LA. And there's, there's, there's a lot of teams out there. That's, there's three teams with a lot of money in, in 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 cap space that have beaches, beaches and in yeah warm exactly climates. like and and that's that's rough it's just like it's and, and it, it's stupid that you have to list that but i mean think gordon hayward listed miami as a possible place and miami wasn't really a team that was like that at the time was like wow they're really on the cusp of taking the next step it wasn't like boston or or utah where you're like okay these are both second round teams and miami you're like i don't even know what they are even if they get gordon mm-hmm. hayward yeah so and they're always going to be in there exactly because of Riley. Like, uh you're dealing with just you're at a disadvantage in in um free agency that's why i come back to the players that are gettable there really are just and then we talked about this before, but I like talking about it. But two two players really are gettable, and one of them I think is the one that actually helps you win. That the thing. That, so that uh, Bleacher Report article about Kevin Love is actually pretty good. I think it's actually a little. It calls Kevin Love a dinosaur, and just because all he can do. I don't think that's. I, mean, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think agree. that's fair. I, I think. Well, I just. 
I, I, because, because what was funny is they're like, well, Brooke Lopez is only getting this much money. And then they're, but you're like, if, if teams, I bet you, if it was established that Brooke Lopez could be this for Milwaukee, like if he was doing this on another team, his next contract would have been a lot more than what he signed Mm -hmm. for. Like they got, they got a steal. You can't put, that's like, like the dude who found like a, a brand new iPhone for 150 bucks off Craigslist. And there's just like, yeah, you can get a $150 iPhone off of Craigslist. I did it. And you're just like, no, you're the exception, not the rule. You can't point you, like he's, he was going to get that money somewhere. He was going to get that cash. There was going to be a team. And so acting like Cleveland was the idiotic team that offered him that type of money is so insane. And having that dinosaur on their team still allowed them to roll through the Eastern Conference playoffs and make it to the NBA Finals. Like, it's not a dinosaur. It was Like, you want to know who, who's a dinosaur? Like, like, the other Lopez brother. That's a dinosaur. Roy Hibbert, that's a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, with no uh, with uh, with no regard to win what his team wants needs to win, that's a dinosaur. But but I I think and and what was funny is they're like one executive called him a, di- a dinosaur, and it's like you don't even know if that's a good yeah, executive. That- that's the thing that always bothers me when they're like, it's like Thibodeau? who are you talking to? Like, like if you're talking, yeah, if you're talking to anybody in the Knicks organization, I don't, I don't really care. Or if you're talking to the Bucks and they're comparing him to like Giannis, it's like, yeah, like everything next to Giannis or Anthony Davis is going to look like a dinosaur, but not every team gets to have the generational athlete. Like there's at any point in time in the NBA, there's only going to be four of those dudes. And you count yourself lucky to have one of them, but for the rest of the NBA, you're a, they're they're still a very above like above average, almost all star caliber player, and you'll take that. And so, is he overpaid for his position? Yes, but if you're Utah, you're going to overpay for Tobias. It's just a fact oh, of the matter. Whoever we get, gonna, if it's a top tier guy, you're overpaying for Middle Middleton if he comes. You're 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 overpaying for for any one of these many dudes who are going to be available on the free market. They overpaid for favors to stay. Like we had to overpay for Derek Favors to pay to to play twenty four to twenty eight minutes a night. So it's not mm-hmm. like it, when when if you are a jazz fan and you believe in your in your head that you're going to get some screaming deal on free agency, you're you're out of your mm-hmm. mind. It, it like it, it. It's why people who work in North Dakota on the oil fields get paid a ton of money because you have to be in North Dakota, and that's why. And same thing in Utah. Unfortunately, you're gonna rank the rank the places just on places to live, not whether they have a capable front office and good people to work around. Just places to live. Utah's gonna be in the bottom mm-hmm. five. Sorry. And, 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 and if you, it, it's nice to say, I think our profile is being raised, which is great. But even when people point to like San Antonio and they're like, wow, San Antonio really is hitting it on the free agent market. It's still a warm climate. Like you, st- you don't have winter mm-hmm. there. That's the, so that's the thing bad. is like, 
Would I rather have Tobias Harris than Kevin Love? Absolutely. Would I probably rather have Chris Middleton than Kevin Love? Even though I don't think Chris Middleton plays power forward, and I don't actually think... Uh, if you're getting Chris Middleton, that means you're moving Joe Ingles to the bench. Uh, if, but if I can get Tobias Harris, fantastic. If I'm banking on getting Tobias Harris, I'm setting myself up for another season of not of just fringe playoff play because then they know how to guard us again. Uh, and Kevin right. Love is so much better than he gets credit for right now. It drives me insane with what people say online like that bleacher report article and some of the things are accurate like is he an excellent defender no but he's not as bad as these articles say he is like this this idea that he uh if the def- if he's defending whoever he's defending uh shoots five percent better than not well that may be so but that also doesn't take into context that he's playing uh at the center position so that means when he's defending someone like Giannis or you know, uh, Andre Drummond because he's playing at power forward and he's not a rim protecting center. They're probably going to shoot a higher percentage against him, you know, but if you have him out on the perimeter, right. And, uh, bending the defense, like, here's the thing, the jazz, when they're fully healthy, uh, and playing well, have number one defense potential. If you put Kevin love on this team and you have Dante playing at the level he has the last three weeks and who will more, the crazy thing about Dante is he has, room to grow and get even better. Uh, if you have him improve, you have top mm-hmm. 10 offense potential because Kevin Love's going to shoot 38, 39, 40% from three. He's an elite passer. So he will be able to get a cutting Dante to the rim or a cutting Donovan Mitchell. Like, you know what would be crazy and would be nice for the jazz is that if they could actually run a play for Donovan Mitchell off the ball because of so because Donovan Mitchell is our offensive threat, everything for him is with the ball in his hands. He never gets the opportunity to do like an alley-oop mm-hmm. dunk play because of the post. Oh yeah. He's, he's never the secondary. He's never the secondary uh, worry. Oh, they absolutely a, take play. everything like that away it's from just, him. So when not. you're watching the jazz, you'll notice Donovan's not getting very many lob dunks this year because that they're doing everything they can to take away all the easy buckets for Donovan. You put a player like Kevin Lowe, yeah, he got all those last year because everyone was like, uh, okay, well, um, Rodney Hood's their main guy or they're running mm-hmm. it through Derek Favors. And so that's who we need to need to focus on. And then by by midway through December, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. they're running it through Donovan. Exactly. And now it's completely <laughs> stopping Donovan. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Like now it's completely designed to stop him. And so Donovan doesn't ever get an easy bucket. Like – how many times this season has Donovan gotten just an easy bucket in a half court set? Like I like <laughs> I can't think of it. Like literally a single time. They're taking that away, number one. And then number two is to right. stop the Rudy Gobert roll to the rim and things like that. Uh if you put another offensive threat like Kevin Love on the floor, who you actually have to guard if he's in the post, or you have to actually stretch out, because if you don't, he will bang that three with it's it's automatic that opens up so many things and then just the Mm -hmm. space that that would give dante to get to the rim like if you know you ask yourself well is don is is kevin love going to live up to his contract if he comes to the utah jazz i think he does but i think also what that does is it helps everyone else live up to their contract you're allowing donovan to live up to the potential that he has by by not having a player like kevin love 
who is a high level player who's who definitely is overpaid but who will he'll make donovan look like the player we were all hoping for uh you know the last yeah and, and that's exactly it that's exactly it. it's not this like simple addition game where you're like well, you're only adding 18 points and eight rebounds a game. I'm not sure if that's going to win you any games. That's just, that's that's like the old dudes, the the old scouts in the room and Moneyball who are just like, now oh, we're looking for 40 home runs and tw- you know and uh, 300 batting average and uh, blah, blah, blah. like you're not looking, like you're looking for for fit and you're looking for a player because even if Kevin Love comes in here, he only averages like 15 and eight by shooting 40 percent from three. Um, all of a sudden, you have a guy who is changing the makeup of you have on the floor, or a Tobias Harris if they're able to get him in free in free agency. All of a sudden, you have a guy where you're like, "Man, if we if we if we you know trot these guys out, this is going to be great." Or if you get a Kemba Walker, who you pair off of um, of of Donovan Mitchell, you're able to get him in free agency. Now all of a sudden, you have it, it, you're having to worry more about the perimeter, and maybe you can um, operate with Derek Favors a little bit more. Um, this this old traditional lineup because you have three well, four spacers. That's out another there. aspect you just touched um, on. If you go get Kevin Love and you have Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Kevin Love, and Joe Ingles, you can go to Kemba and say, "This uh, this is a team you want to play for," you know. Or you can go to a, you know, and that that gives you mm-hmm. so many options in free agency. I know that we're probably spent out at that point, but you find a way to sign. But that means you can get like some top tier role players that can come on YouTube. Yeah, you can get some dues to sign for minimum. You're not getting Kemba to sign for minimum, but you can go out there and get get some guys who are going to go ring chasing and be like, hey, because that's, uh, that's what Houston's been doing. And they've been, uh, and, but you need to have, uh, you need to have that other star out there to really make it feel uh, like you're doing something because it's kind of that herd mentality. Like, if it looks like you're 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 building momentum towards something, then by all means, people might go. Like looking at the top top free agents of next year, you have Kevin Durant, who um, not not going to Utah. Kawhi Leonard, uh, n- not going to happen. Jimmy Butler, don't want him. Kyrie Irving, uh, I I actually have no idea what Kyrie I mean, is I think going he to said do. He's going to Boston because if he? Kyrie was asked. Yeah, that would seem kind of strange. Uh, like he kind of like I don't know. Are you really saying you want to just like you're you're giving all the leverage to Ainge there, <laughs> Kyrie? Because now we can offer you less money. I, I don't I I don't know what Kyrie Kyrie will go for. I don't think he comes to Utah. I think at one point he, Utah was okay because it meant he could get out. But I I don't know what he mm-hmm. what Kyrie wants to do. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think Utah has a chance. It's it, it then past that list. This is the now we're on the second tier where you're like okay. Utah has a chance. You're looking at Chris Middleton, um, Clay Thompson. If if uh, if all of a sudden it really kind of blows up in Golden State, where Kevin Durant leaves, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, um, well now we don't have because if Kevin Durant doesn't resign, they don't have they don't have salary cap to go out there and get another guy because they're already over the limit. They can only resign. That's it. It's it's Kevin Durant or nobody. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's a huge drop off. And maybe maybe at that point, Clay is like, okay, I'm you know, if I sign here, am I signing here? And am I going to be the last dude remaining because of my contract? Will Steph Curry leave? Will everyone like what? What's going to? Where's where's mm-hmm. my place going to be? 
Um, uh, because <laughs> Steph Curry's gonna oh, go he... get paid when he's like, and and so and, and there's and like even that's what's so crazy about Golden State. Like they'll keep Clay, they'll still be in luxury tax, so they're still gonna play an enormous tax. And then once Steph is off his his deal of a deal. Then they're gonna, it's gonna go up, and they're gonna be paying even more luxury tax and on the repeater tax. So that's gonna be an interesting to watch. Then you have Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker, which I think are both. If if Charlotte is unable to get anything by the trade deadline, and it just looks like they're just treading water, I think Kemba's out. But um, if you ask me who I'd like more, I'd like Tobias Harris. He's twenty six. Kemba's twenty nine. And once you, once you're, and he's an undersized guard. Um, I'm told I, w- I was, I was cool with getting Kemba if it was on ex- like his, his expiring deal in the off season, because you're like, eh, well, whatever happens, happens. And if you're not, you have the free, you have the cap space and you can, can move. And Tobias would be, he would fit the time. Tobias is so such a ridiculously well. good fit. Um, and I actually think he did like there was I, I can't remember where I read there was interest with Utah with him. Uh but but that mm-hmm. ship has sailed, so <laughs> like the tough stuff and strange things yeah. change. Uh, that's the other thing. I heard a rumor uh, with, with Jimmy Butler. I heard a rumor um that he had like there's like some utah connection like his godfather is uh like a wide receiver coach Mm. for the university of utah jimmy butler is a cancer though he is a cancer here's the i think i do think jimmy butler is gonna be after this latest flame out i think he'll finally learn his lesson but I'm totally not comfortable with him, <laughs> like with him on the Utah Jazz. Like I honestly think, like he's gonna learn his lesson. It's kind of like the Rasheed Wallace type of thing, where it's just like he finally got it. He just had yeah. to burn Do enough really bridges. Want to take that? Yeah. But, but at the same time, I'm like, man, if it's Utah, he will burn that bridge. If it's anywhere else, I don't think it. I, I think he's like, wow, I really learned my lesson. He turns <laughs> it around like Zebo. <laughs> but, but if it's Utah, if it's Utah. I'm totally like it's Murphy's law. He's gonna burn bridges. He's gonna he's gonna tank this team. Gobert's gonna ask to be traded, and and Donovan Mitchell is gonna be left picking up the pieces, and this team is gonna be terrible. And then he'll like it like it would be a thirty for thirty of just like Utah had a promising team, but you'll never guess how it all <laughs> went up in smoke. Yeah, that's why Butler why. did it. A thirty for thirty film, like it's it like so. Yeah, I don't. Uh, so, uh, but then, the, but then after that, you're looking at guys where you're like, uh, uh, you're gonna. Uh, if you do sign them, then your marketing department's gonna have to do some heavy lifting to 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 get people hyped for it. It will be like That's Vucevic, fine. okay, Miritich, yeah, Miritich is uh, nice, but uh, Demarcus Cousins, um, Al Horford, uh, Harrison Barnes. Eric Bledsoe, D'Angelo Russell, Terry Rozier. Like, he'd be nice, but, it, it, I mean, you don't want him to be the mm. signing, right? Like, y- you would be like, man, we got Terry Rozier and so-and-so. Versus, like, uh, we got Terry Rozier and we also got uh, Ennis oh. Cantor. Well, 
you know what's easier to sell though is if you made a trade for a guy that fit your team's chemistry perfectly and you went on a tear and made it to the playoffs and won a first mm-hmm. round game because all of a sudden you had a top five offense with kevin love uh that guy is so mm-hmm. good he is so good and utah can bring him on play him 28 minutes a night and keep him healthy and and you're golden uh is he gonna defend as well as draymond green no but you know what he can do that draymond can't he can shoot the ball he can pass it just as good as draymond he is an elite like he starts the break because he's an outlet passer that is unmatched in the league. And he's also, this is the other thing. The G, the defensive drop off will not be that much because he's an elite rebounder. Like how many times do we give up offense, offensive rebounds on our defensive unit right now? Every single time we do it, it drives me absolutely nuts. If you have Kevin love on one side and Rudy Gobert on the mm-hmm. other, that ball's not going anywhere. And uh, I just, I want it so bad, Milo. I want it so bad. I really am like, I like if if the Jazz don't come away with a stretch four uh, in this trade deadline, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. As much as I enjoy Derek Favors, he's a center and plays better when he's at the center role. And I want to see us have a true stretch four. And we have Jay Crowder, and he's actually shown some nice things. But he's not a knockdown shooter like like Kevin Love is, and he's not an elite passer, and he doesn't move the ball through the offense like Kevin Love does. It's just, and Kevin Love also, like we talked about before, he gives you that yeah. Joe Johnson effect where he can get you a bucket when you need it, kind of like uh, Blake Griffin did against us the other day in Detroit. I was actually nervous that Blake Griffin was going to baby hook us to death. Uh, you get that with Kevin Love too, and I uh, I want it, I want it. Uh, oh, it's, it's just going to be a great trade deadline. You know, it's, uh, I mean, you're going to see Utah Jazz go out there, get the stretch four you always <laughs> wanted, Jabari Parker. Oh, gosh. He's going to be, you're going to be out there and be like, wow, there's somebody who plays oh, less defense man. than his cancer. Yeah, I don't know. And like, I saw. Dude, you better prepare. You you know you better prepare for that. Like that's the like that's the thing. Like we we do this all the time. We're like, oh man, so and so's on the market. We got because that's like the Jazz went out there and you're like, we're got Ky- they almost got Kyrie Irving. You're like, man, we almost uh, Kyrie Irving. Man, they're really going out there. And then they came back with Ricky Rubio, and you're like, yeah, so 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 okay, we can do, work like that. And then. And then at the trade deadline, we're like, we're going to get Nikola Miritich. All the signs point to that. And it was like, I'm going to get Jay Crowder. And it, so you know this is going to be like, oh, this is going to go go after Kevin Love. They're going going for the big guns. We're going to do big things. And then it's going to be like, yeah, we got <laughs> well, that's why I That's why I appreciate the and, at least and that article. Like, thank you for uh, kind of lowering his trade value a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate it because he's really freaking good. And if the Jazz can get him. I love how this is smoke season. Oh, this is total, total smoke totally season right there. now because you're like. Maybe we're, did, did, did Lindsay write that article? Yeah, that was fine. You know? Because I, I, I don't know. That's like. I, no, that's got to be Charlotte. That's got to be Charlotte. Charlotte's putting out there. They're like, tell, oh, yeah, oh, put, say he's a dinosaur. Awful. Say he's a he dinosaur. totally yeah. can't say, say, shoot the ball. Say, see, yeah, so yeah, put out there. No, no one thinks oh, he's going to come back. Nobody thinks you know, he's got it. Nobody's he's got a toe injury, contract. but you know that's just about as chronic as any knee injury I ever heard of. 
Yeah, this is this is whole smoke season because there's not there's there's very few there's very few like nuanced trade pieces. Um, when, when you see it here, like rumor has it, anytime you have sources are telling us, it's either going to be like this guy is the next is uh, the the next LeBron, and you're like, really? Like the next LeBron, <laughs> like Tim Hardaway, like <laughs> like Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Junior. is the next LeBron. Or it's just like, Tim Hardaway is utter trash. No one in their right mind would trade for him. I would give only a second round pick in 2020 unprotected. And you're like, wow, that was oddly specific trade information <laughs> yeah. for somebody no yeah. one wants. I, I, and, I accept whatever GM so, wrote that article. So good, just, good work. Because Kevin Love is really freaking good and would be an absolute perfect fit. What, <sighs> what, what I, know, I will say this. With Jabari Parker, I do Parker. think. <laughs> All right, go uh, ahead. Okay, you're hurting here's, my feelings. Here's, here's, here's my like. If I know, I know, um, because I'm 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 setting everybody's <laughs> expectations because this is this is and, and everybody on SLC Dunk knows like everyone has like high expectations and I'm I'm like I'm the full Debbie Downer of the group where it's just like everyone's going to get injured and we're going to miss the playoffs and and then we're going to be like we're going to have the third most amount of lottery balls and somehow we're going to end up in 14th. I get like I don't I have I have such low hopes like and everyone's like I can't believe SLC Dunk came out with take note and be like have you met me? Like have you literally met me? Like I just I, I, I have no optimism. So it, 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 anyway, um, so but if there is a if there is a case for like if because here's what's going to happen like Utah definitely does have yeah. a spacing issue, right? Um, and um, and they and and Jay Crowder is is undersized for his position. Um, he's he's about six foot six, six foot seven in the right shoes, and um. And you have Jabari, who's six foot eight, who's a legit six foot eight, um, who ha- who still has a lot of potential. Like we say this all the time, we're like, Dante Exum is only like twenty three. Jabari Parker is only twenty three, and it's such a weird age to give up on somebody, especially when you see like tapes of Anthony Bennett, who was a prior first round pick, who's killing it in G League, who's working his way up, and and it's and it. And it's really stupid to put the nail in the coffin in somebody's career this early, especially when you see players like Joe Ingles um, and Chauncey Billups, like turn it on later in their careers. When you look at their numbers before they turned it on and you say, this dude is going to be in it. Is he going to lead a team to the NBA finals and uh, against Carl Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Payton, Kobe Bryant. This is going to be the dude. This is going to be the dude who does that. Um, so there are it's always reclamation projects and a lot of development is dependent on the team that they land on and the personalities that they're with like what Giannis might have landed in the perfect situation to really mm-hmm. be Giannis Jabari very possibly landed in the two worst situations because you cannot tell me that being in Milwaukee under under Jason Kidd and then uh oh gosh who was who was their coach before then? I can't remember. Um, and then going over to the the absolute dumpster fire that is in Chicago, like that's mm-hmm. that's the best thing for him. 
that's like the best thing that they could get. Like, it, come on. It's just so, uh, I mean, yeah, he's playing bad and he's having the worst season of his career, but mm-hmm. yeah, so is every other Chicago Bull because it's a, a raging dumpster fire of a crap. And so, and the minute you put them with a contending team, like we see, we see it with Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers was in a terrible situation. Um, and all of a sudden he's in Houston with a really good coach, with a really good system, with really good teammates. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's a net, he's a plus net rating player. I never would have expected that. And it's just like, well, now I, this is not me being like Utah needs to go out there and get him. I'm just saying Jabari, Jabari is not as good as what people thought he was going to be going into that draft, but I definitely don't think he's as bad as, as his, as Mm -hmm. his uh, reputation goes right now. And, and the thing is, is sometimes that reputation can, can just lead people to what their career becomes like Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor kept on being, went to uh, Scotty Brooks, who's not exactly the greatest of development coaches. And then he got shipped over um, to, Mm -hmm. uh, to New York which is a crappy situation. So it's not like, and he actually, he, he, he did well for, for the Thunder. He wasn't the greatest defender, but he did okay. But he just didn't have de- good development and Utah just had to move. I think he would have developed better under Utah, but Utah didn't have the minutes to give him and, it, and obviously well, he wasn't happy happened. being there. So I, I and that, that, that re- yeah, and Rudy Gobert happened. And that reputation now is going to fall in his canter wherever he goes. So he's probably only going to get contracts with fringe teams that don't think they're contending. And he's never, he's not going to, I shouldn't say never because people can change, but there's not a high chance he's ever going to change mm-hmm. the type of player he is because he like, it, it's, it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy type of thing. And um, versus like you have guys who get a second chance in the right situation, like, like uh, Zebo. Um, all of a sudden becomes a, a key piece on a on a good team. And or Joe Ingles, who no one thought he was an NBA player and now he he's you know, he's a, a fringe top ten small forward in the in the NBA. So you it changes. It it, it you gotta land in the right situation and be at the right point in your life to really accept coaching and criticism and, and improve and really be introspective and do what it takes to, to win. So um with that said, <laughs> I was I gonna say I yeah (laughs) you know what take a flyer on him in the offseason if you've got a roster spot and you've got you know you need a role player right uh Mm -hmm. but i mean epe udo is a sign of that too i'm just saying if 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 utah is really hurting if if utah's really hurting they could flip a couple of their lesser known like their their lesser expirings like a tabo and maybe like a, a, a tabo and uh geez like Mm-hmm. like Tony Bradley <laughs> and be like, mm-hmm. let's just see where this goes. And, um, but, but for the most part, because he's on an expiring, it's, it, it, it the, the money's going to be, be spent either way. And so you might as well just, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then no harm, no foul. You're already kind of in this situation where you're not because of spacing, you're only going to get so much production with spacing. You might get more production, mm-hmm. but you might lose something on the other end. So, but, but yeah, so, but Utah definitely has to do something about their, their spacing. It's just whether the market is going to, mm-hmm. 
give them it. Well, that's why like people like, who are anti Kevin Love, I don't really get it. it. Like, so what's the option then? You know, because if you bring in Otto Porter, which you can probably get him if you really want him, mm-hmm. it's going to take him a long time to learn the system. And if he doesn't pan out, and Kevin Love comes back and does twenty and twelve for Cleveland, all of a sudden he's not gettable. And uh, I don't know. It's your one chance to get him. And it's, you know, I wish we'd have gotten Tobias Harris three or four years ago when he didn't seem like he was all that worth it because now he's really worth it. And. uh, Oh. Before we finish, we got to talk about Joe Ingles getting getting uh, wrestled down by Giannis. I mean, I'm sorry, Monty. They're not as good as you say they are. (laughs) The refs just I don't know what they're watching at the time. My goodness. My favorite thing is like the co- the the ref who's like right in front pulling like the full squinting meme. Just for, like bird you're like he just didn't have the right angle, two feet away, just two feet away, and it, like I, I swear people are just inventing new things. Like Utah, all of a sudden is has become like the hottest, like like test lab for new for for just like punking nba nba officials would be like you got something new you want to try uh, try it against utah man they, try it against utah they're so focused on everything else they're never going to notice like look james harden was able to take like 80 guy, steps he's standing right there no one said that's a thing. why i fell in love with steph no this last week with him uh <laughs> looking at the rest saying i guess i don't have the one three on my chest that was amazing. I just was like, oh. that was amazing. But also, but one thing, Golden State rubbed me the wrong way today. Golden State rubbed me the wrong way. Like they, they're launching a formal review into Cleveland's like signing, and then releasing Patrick McCaw so he didn't have to resign with Golden State to get him out. Well, of his, it's kind of like his restricted free agency. Which, by the way. Like that's elite. Like Patrick McCaw's like, you guys think you're all that? You think you're light years ahead? Oh, <laughs> here's light years ahead, mother effers. Like, there's check nothing this they out. can do about it. Like it's so great. It's so great. It's so great. Like, you think you're light years ahead? I'm not I'm an unrestricted free agent. Suck it. I was like, what I love it. I love it. And then they're like going and they're like I tweeted from the from the SLC Dunk account. I was like Dude, Golden State has completely turned into like they're rolling up to the NBA front office with the I need to speak to my manager haircut right now. Like they're those people. Like you're like, oh please. Like you need to return what? This extra small and you've been wronged and this has ruined your family experience. You're getting a divorce over it. Really? Like they're heading over there with the bob cut ready oh. to stir crap up. Well, man. they they it's, it's so, so stupid. I mean, the whole NBA deals with the fact so, that Golden so State's stupid. probably going to win. For the first time ever, they don't get to have things just like work out for them perfectly, and they're like don't like it. It's like welcome to welcome to the reality for oh, everyone yeah, else. They're, they're, they're just like you know? throwing a fit. Right, welcome. Yeah, you've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found wanting Patrick McCaw. Like, <laughs> well, in Cleveland, doing it is actually pretty amazing. They and, lose the finals, but hey. <laughs> We're going to at least. I know. I absolutely love it. Like, that's the thing. It's just like, well, and what's the NBA great salt? 
Like and and the thing is, is like you're mad. You're mad. You lost. Well, like, what's the NBA going to do, McCaw, man? You guys, like you have you have Demarcus Cousins. Like you had Demarcus Cousins sign with you, and you have the balls to be like, we have been wronged because Patrick McCaw. Like clutching pearls at Patrick McCaw after you've like in 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 free agency you've landed Demarcus Cousins on like a veteran's minimum. And then you got Kevin Durant, and then you have the balls to clutch your pearls because it's you lost really... Patrick McCaw. Like, please! Oh, it's my goodness! It's, it's my dumb. Goodness. And what's the NBA so going to do? Stupid. They're going to be like, "Yeah, we did it to screw them." But it, does it say anywhere in the rules we can't sign somebody to screw the Warriors? Where does it say we can't do that? Yeah, you're right. You can do whatever that you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> We can do whatever they want. Like the thing is, just like, uh, like we want a full review of that. We paid the dude yeah, it's his money. Like the, we did. They're going to investigate. Him. They're going to interview and, him. And they'll uh, be like, "Yeah, we did it." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. We have it on good authority. His agent's going to be Zion Williamson, <laughs> and we're pretty happy about that. Like that's that's basically what it is. Like it's just doing a favor for an agent, which happens all the time. So if they, if you're gonna like slap the wrist on them, like you're gonna have to slap the wrist on everybody else. It's why Utah didn't throw up a big stink when Gordon Hayward left because they knew that he would have to deal with his agent in another capacity. Be- and want to know who capacity that was? Joe Ingles. So it wasn't like they were gonna like throw a tirade over it. That's why they were good, mm-hmm. good, put on a f- strong face because. They got to deal. There's there's a complete underbelly of of mm-hmm. of sports agencies that you got to deal with, and guess what? They looked at this and and this and this agent probably went to them and be like, "Hey, uh, guess who's going to be? Uh, guess whose sports agency is going to be representing? Uh, you know, Zion Williamson or Cam Reddish?" And they're like, "Uh, what?" And so and so at that point, mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do anything you want." Um. So so yeah. So I don't really. It's whatever. It's just whatever. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Also, we we have to talk about ticket prices. Yeah, we have to end this on ticket. It's prices. annoying. Like, yeah. So I so it's annoying. Um. So I I put out an article. Um, and I I'm I'm 100 sure the math is mm-hmm. off. Um. <laughs> but. But uh, I put out an article, basically, you know, talking about, you know, whenever you rebrand, if you rebrand and your things get nicer, things get more expensive. It's kind of how things work. Um, if you re- if you renovate the place, the prices are going to go up because either like and and prices go up regardless. So you have the market, you have you have inflation, um, and then you have popularity, and then. In Utah, they had really low history. They had one of the low. Uh, they had really low uh, season tickets because they they cratered them for the tank season, and they haven't really adjusted them except for inflation. And now they're jacking them up, and they jacked them up uh, um, about a about a he uh, was a, a little bit more than a year ago um, for the for the lower bowl, but no one's really like crying a river over like Mountain America Credit Union being like, what mm-hmm. are eight seats are how much? Like no one's, no one's really being like, man, man, I'm really sorry that the, the dudes with monocles mm-hmm. are having to pay 30% more. 
you know, shout out to everyone who can afford a monocle and also season tickets in the in the lower bowl. <laughs> it's really because I'm jealous. Yeah, no one's no one's crying over this guy. <laughs> I'm I'm 100% secure over that. But you also have to like if you're if you're that wealthy to be able to afford lo- lower bowl tickets and, and like you got to know that no one is ever going to feel sympathy for you. You're like you you already know that if you complain about the taxes you pay, mm-hmm. no one is going to feel sorry for you. Like no one because of what you're bringing in. So I mean, this is not news to you. So, but but in the upper bowl, those affect people's paychecks more because those are the people who are you know lower lower middle class, uh, regular middle class who do have to like that's a big expense. It's maybe their biggest uh, single expense that they make every single year. Mm-hmm other than their mortgage. <laughs> and so um and so it does affect them differently. And I understand uh, from uh the Desert News's article that um they had to make them because the NBA had put pressure on them and because they were one of the lowest ticket prices in the league. I understand from a business standpoint, if you're the NBA and you're trying to sell tickets on your kind of global exchange and it says tickets as low as Twelve dollars, and and you're like, well, and you're a sharp, and you're like a Golden State Warriors fan. You're like, well, hot damn, that's going to be a great ticket. And then you go in there, like one hundred and twelve, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I guess going to throw people off for other teams. I get that. Um, I also get, I I, <laughs> I also get that uh, there's a secondary market, and if people are making money off of that secondary market, then you want to make money on that too, because that's that's unfair. It's your product. You should be able to receive the money for that. I get it. At the same time, the rollout was brutal. Um, The phase, like from a marketing perspective, and this is (laughs) both of us deal with this. Both James and I, uh, in our Mm -hmm. in our in our double lives, um, deal with with this marketing. And you you um, you didn't pound the beach on this. You you surprised people completely. So it was just like, huh. Um, and if you're going to, and if you're, if it's going to be this much of a surprise, um, surely in meetings, you talked about it and said, Hey, this is going to be a really big surprise. We probably want to have a lot of forward momentum with it. We probably don't want to put it after the loss. We don't want to have days in between games. So it doesn't rule a news cycle. And, um, and we probably want to have it come from the top rather than Jenny, who's a season ticket rep, who's just, uh, who's, you know, making, mm-hmm you know, 40 grand a year. We probably want the face of this to be a lot more formal. And um, with all that said, they did none of those things and then did one extra thing and said, hey, if you don't, if you don't get this done in 30 days, which sounds really ominous, um, then you're not going to be a season ticket holder anymore, which both James and I work with contracts and marketing and we know that those deadlines are usually soft deadlines mm-hmm. anyway. If you really care about your customer, you're going to work with them. I'm real. I, I'm 100% positive. No one in the Utah Jazz was like the minute that on the 30th day at midnight, cut them. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure no one was doing that. But it just isn't doesn't. But at the same time, it doesn't cause any warm uh, warm fuzzies to get that email and being like, I'm a season ticket holder, and this is how I'm being treated. This is this is not how you treat. And on the other hand, both both of us have heard awesome experiences by um, by season ticket holders, and and I'll say 
how you respond after after you f up says a lot more about you the character of you than the mistake itself people everyone makes mistakes even colossal ones and i do think the jazz made a colossal mistake with their upper bowl season ticket holders it's like raising some prices up 150% with no warning and with this type of with this type of you got to get it done in 30 days or it's over especially that means there's a lot of first time season ticket holders mm-hmm. especially this year because they sold out um that that they don't know they're like wow this must be how it's done and 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 so with that said is you it's rough and it's just not the coolest thing but i will say they they responded uh they instantly went into self self defense mode um and 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 went out i've heard stories of steve starks reaching out to individual season ticket holders like the president of utah jazz is calling upper bowl dudes people who are only bringing in prior like you know maybe three hundred dollars mm-hmm. annually and he's calling them and that's awesome like that's that's really cool. That is like that is something that you don't hear from other organiz- uh, other franchises. Like they continually do things. Um, should the Utah Jazz has done awesome things up until this point? They've they've put their team into a trust. They've um, they, they've they paid for their own renovations. They've uh, they they they're willing to go over the luxury tax if they if they uh, believe so, and that's really cool for a luxury uh, for for a small market team. They, they, they their season, their city jerseys are a hit. The way they work with the community is awesome. They do awesome things, and that's why the season ticket holder debacle was so rough because you've conditioned your fans that you always take care of them, and you didn't in this point. And while that gives you the benefit of the doubt, it also calls into question why it was why why when you meticulously look over things and comb over them in the way that your marketing department does like why why was this like just just muffed <laughs> like this wasn't just like you you brought the you, like you you drove 90 yards for the field goal and missed the kick and it was a gimme this was like like you didn't do any any preparation and you got run out of the gym mm-hmm. on this de- uh, on on this decision like this was pick six like three straight drives and and so I I will I do feel for season ticket holders because this it, like price increases were going to be inevitable, but and I understand as a Utah Jazz like the Utah Jazz had to decide well do we increase these like incrementally every year to our upper bowl season ticket holders where it where they'll eventually be priced out and it looks more villainous or do we do it all at once and just rip it off like a band aid. I understand that, but at least at least sell it. At least treat your treat your people the way they want to be treated. And I think they're doing that now, but um, it still doesn't make this whole process. It, it it just made me sad. It made me sad to be 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 a jazz fan for a little bit because that's that's not how mm-hmm. that wasn't the Larry Miller way. Well, I'm glad. So. <laughs> that's how i, well, that's how I, I was, um, i'm glad you said that because it was annoying but i think i don't think the jazz were as nefarious as we think i think some things just got kind of mishandled by uh people we probably don't know who they are 
by organiz like organizational mm -hmm. failures. Like it, it just sounds like people were siloed, and and it happens. Like we we've, we're both part of organizations <laughs> where things have happened like that. Or you're like, how does how do, how does this ever happen? You're like, well, so and so said this is cool to go, but we never set a date. But he thought mm -hmm. we had a date, and then we went, and then it wasn't good. And 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 that happens in regular businesses, and maybe it happened here, or maybe you know it's just some things just some things were miscommunicated. Who knows? But I I, I do appreciate I do appreciate that. But Steve Starks when. Um, when these things happen, he does a really great job of getting ahead of it and putting a, putting a human face to it, and 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 taking ownership and really and, and really helping people out. And and from the from the people who have who have contacted me and and told me about the calls that he's made to them, they've been overwhelmingly positive. They've been really impressed. Um, it doesn't really change whether they are going to you know be able to purchase as many season ticket holders or continue them. Um, but I think the the white glove um, touch in in really reaching out has been really really phenomenal, and he deserves a ton ton of kudos for that. So, well, that's awesome, Milo. I think that's that's all we got time for today. It's a long one today, but hey, it's it's trade deadline. Like, it's, enjoy these until until like it's the middle of July, and we're like, well. Uh, the 13th player on the summer league roster <laughs> had a great game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> guys, enjoy it. And you know what else you can do, guys, is you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts on your iPhone, search SLC Punks, and give us a review. It would be really appreciated. Uh, you can review us however you want, one star or five stars. I don't really care. But just go go review us. Tell us what you think. And we will read it. We will. Uh Milo, I got nothing. I got nothing else. I got nothing else. I'm tapped. <laughs> we got to write a piece about how well. Uh, well, to throw it away, everyone go look up how well Joe Ingles does when Dante Exum's on the floor. Hey, Milo, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Bye, bye. <laughs>